This is it. Episode number 234. Look at that, right in order. 234, no laugh track podcast. This is Justin Severson. I am the host. Thank you, Circle of Heat. As always, for letting us play your music there at the beginning. I am here on a Thursday afternoon, here being Acme Comedy Company with a... The host, the real host of this uh, podcast is Acme, and I'm here with Cy Amundsen, who is standing right now. Hello. He's he's uh, showing his dominance over me by standing while I'm sitting. Yeah. Is, is that what this is? This is an alpha male thing? The moment I finish, I am going to pee on you. <laughs> is that how it works? <laughs> one, 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 one is the money exchange ads, though. Oh, I don't pay for stuff like that. <laughs> right. I just find people with low enough self-esteem that they're just willing to take it. You seem like a guy who'd just take it if I'd compliment him. <laughs> At first it'd be very uncomfortable, and then I'd go along with anything. Yeah, yeah. that's right, because they don't come often enough. <laughs> How are you, man? Besides the fact that you're in pain, physical pain. I'm in a little bit of physical pain. I'm good. I'm good. It's uh, it's always the best week of the year when I'm here, so yeah. not for them. <laughs> For me personally, it's my favorite week of the year, so it's hard to complain during that. Yeah, let's uh, let, let's quickly just quickly describe what is going on with you and why you're not comfortable enough to sit for a long period of time i've just been dealing with back and neck stuff and it's uh you know some some days it's worse than others and so some days it's comfortable to stand as opposed to sit so good thing i am a stand up comic zing a ding 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 come on yeah I can't believe I'm bringing up his name, but I once saw Bill Cosby uh, do a show, and you know he sat for like almost the whole thing. I've been thinking about sitting on stage. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it seems simple. There's a chair. I could bring a chair up there. That'd be not bad. <laughs> yeah. I'm not above doing what's good for me at the loss of the audience. I mean, <laughs> I I don't much care about them. Who is it for? Really? As, Why are you as here? As the owner of this club, Louis Lee, has said many times to me before, oh, fuck the audience. <laughs> and I, you know, I've been like, it's that the right thing to say? And he's like, I do not care. So, uh, you know, I've guess kind of what I've gone off of motto-wise. The last time I heard you do the Louis Lee impression, which I don't know if it's dead on, but it's it's original. The only way it'd be more dead on if there was a giant paper mache dragon dancing behind me. <laughs> the last time I heard it was the uh, 25th anniversary show. Yes. Yes. I did do it there. I did do it there. Yeah. That was a really fun night. Yes, it was. Like it was like almost the perfect comedy environment because everybody those tickets sold out so fast. So everybody who was here was su- either uh, like a friend of the club personally yeah. or was such an immense like fan that they got the tickets quick and they probably come all the time so it was i think a lot of the crowd knew every single comic and was oh, yeah. was really comedy ready it's you know the, i i remember when i first started doing comedy i would do this open mic here and then i would go other places in this city and around the country to do open mics and the main thing i noticed i was like oh they don't understand nuance like my home audience does and that's i always was spoiled by that and so the 25th anniversary was like the super version of that like the nuance that you could get away with on the like they felt like almost the perfect comedy audience yeah i uh (laughs) it was interesting to see how the different lengths of uh material people did yeah, it's almost yeah, yeah. like I'm gonna get out of here and keep us on time. And some came up here, and we're just like, I'm gonna soak this up. And 
you're gonna have to yank yeah, yeah, me yeah, off yeah, here. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was funny. Like I, there are a couple people who just went up and they're like, "I'm just gonna do my set," and I was like, "What are you talking about? This is like an anniversary and a birthday rolled into one." Yeah. Let's do something awful and fun. Yeah, there was a bit of roasting as well. Yeah, really. yeah, yeah. That's the whole point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was great. I don't know. And I heard stories about the parties lasting. I went home. I had to be responsible I, the next day. I don't my know about fiance you. and I left almost immediately after oh, you did. the show. Yeah. yeah, I wasn't up for the shenanigans. How is this week? Obviously, you love working Acme, Home Club. Mm-hmm. Today's Thursday, so you've done two shows already this week. It's been really great. Uh, we, we had a, a, a couple, like 200 people last night, close to 200, and a good show on Tuesday as well. And it's the same thing. It's the nuance, man. It's just performing in front of awesome people. So I saw tonight's sold out. Tonight is sold out. Look at that. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's all people on birthday tickets or special deals, but still cool. It's still pretty cool. <laughs> it's not birthday t- uh, tonight. Yeah, sure I, don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I think they're always, coming to see you. It always is. I <laughs> so I, um, we, I see, I ran into you here well, a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. You were, and, um, we talked about obviously not on the podcast here, but that you haven't been performing a ton recently. Um, no, be- yeah, because of the back stuff, it's it's kind of curtailed. You know, I I did my special last year, and then pretty much from the moment it aired until now, I've done little to no road work. Yeah, uh, just because you know you got to get on a plane, you got to st- stay in a random bed that might not be per your liking. It's it's been a lot of trouble, so I so I haven't. So this has kind of been like a return to long form stand up for me, which has been nice and changed. Uh, Tuesday night, I was like, "What the fuck are my jokes?" <laughs> like I had like I was pretty far behind. So <laughs> what? And you're living here now? Well, uh, S- sort of. Is that what you yeah, say? Well, are you well, living I'm, here? Where are you living? What are you doing, man? I'm yeah. I'm because of the I've been doing physical therapy and stuff, so I kind of it's hard to bounce back and forth between those type of situations. So when I made an uh, when I made the decision to commit to that to try to get better, mm-hmm. I decided just to stay in one place. So yeah. I've been staying here. Yeah. And you mentioned fiance. Yes. And she's she's in Los Angeles, dude. Yeah, it's the worst. <laughs> It's the absolute worst. Yeah, she was here for a long visit last weekend. She oh, okay. Wednesday to Monday morning. Oh, right and, on. Uh, so that was really nice. But it was also one of those things where, like, you know, almost just a little bit of it being such a small chunk, but still being amazing, almost makes it infuriating. Yeah. When she leaves. Yeah. I, yeah. So I did the long distance thing and like in college it's yeah. pretty stupid yeah it, it's, it's tough pretty stupid <laughs> especially because we're such we're both such needy little bitches <laughs> we're like you we both we both need to have a person around and we need reinforcement and and so it's not good on either of us the the biggest difference back like when i was in college and attempted that is that i was barely like getting into because I'm 90 years old, yeah. I, I barely had email at the time. Yeah, like the yeah, only yeah. access I had to email, I didn't own a computer. Like yeah. I had to wait and li- sign in and wait in line at the computer lab. Yeah, we can literally Skype and see each other's yeah. faces. Yeah. yeah, so that makes it a little bit easier. Or each other's other parts. No, she doesn't. She is not a fan of that. <laughs> she wouldn't like that joke or that behavior. Well, good at for all. you for saying it. Then. Yeah, that's. I thought I'd. <laughs> throw her under a sexual bus <laughs> nice uh are you, are you uh 
working uh, when was there a wedding plan in well we did because of my back and she she's a really talented lady she's like really talented she's a uh an editorial supervisor for paramount for an animation an animated film called amusement park that's due out sometime next year probably oh and uh it wraps this summer and she like anybody who knows production it's a grind and so she she puts in 80 hours a week and it's just brutal and oh, wow. it's not super easy on her and so i think you know kind of the the tough things that she's going through and physically the tough things i'm going through as we were starting to plan the wedding we were both like oh we're both so miserable right now we don't want that to be what this process is and you know we're not no. in a rush to get married you know if getting i mean we love each other we're in it to win it so whether we get married (laughs) in two years or 11 years yeah it doesn't affect the timeline of other milestones it's just a it's just a title so we're gonna wait till we're both in a little bit better of a place so we can enjoy the process yeah uh would where's can i ask where she's from indiana indiana yeah newcastle indiana originally yeah not a california girl kkk oh indiana's home of the kkk yeah yeah Yeah, and mike pence and a whole bunch of other (laughs) garbage so she's like i like to think that she's like the good thing that indiana did larry bird yeah larry bird you know i used to call myself the the Larry Bird of comedy. I honestly think that just popped into my head. Like, there's a connection between you and Larry Bird. In the well, back of my and mind. I love Larry Bird. He's yeah. my favorite basketball player of all time. But I used to say that I was the Larry Bird of comedy. Are there people who've done it better? Maybe, but no one's done it whiter. <laughs> but now the problem is, like, I am truly becoming the Larry Bird of comedy because now a back injury is ruining my <laughs> career. So that's super dope. And two weeks ago when I saw you, you had a mustache. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I own like... You're more like Larry Bird. I literally shaved the mustache on Tuesday because I didn't want to hear it from the staff here and have loose, oh, you're going to wear that mustache on a stage? Like, I didn't need to be harassed throughout the week. Is that for a character? What is that? I just thought it was funny. Like, I got it right around the holidays just to mess with pictures, and then I was like, nope, this is funny. Yeah. And I'm not trying to have sex with anybody anymore. Like, that part of my life is over, so who cares? Dude, isn't that a beautiful uh, feeling? Yeah. To, like, what the fuck do I care? Yeah, yeah. Right? I can have a mustache for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Let's, uh, was there, you're, you're doing a podcast now. I am, yeah. I listened to uh, the Ben, most recent one you have posted. Yeah. Ben Lieber. Yeah. Yeah. That one was fun, man. Yeah, it's really good. So you're like 12, 13 or so in, a few yeah. months. Yeah. Uh, did that, how did that come about? Why didn't you start something two years ago, three years ago? Why now? Well, I'd always wanted to do a sports podcast, and I think part with my my lifestyle and comedy, you're never nailed down in one place, so it's kind of hard to do it. And then I was going to start it here in town, and I was working with an individual who I respect a great deal, but one of the people who was in charge of helping me start it that worked for that individual that no longer works for that individual was a real dumpster fire, okay. and so that kind of scared me away from it, uh, if I can be the most vague ever. <laughs> sure. Um, and so <laughs> I, uh, I I just was like, ah, fuck this. 
And but now since I've been stuck here with very little to do, I was like, well, why now wouldn't I go about it? And it's it's been really really fun. I mean, I thought Ben Lieber was so funny, and, and I mean that dude is mega talented. Mm-hmm. It's crazy, and so. You know, a lot of the episodes are just, you know, Brian Miller. Of course. It's he and I, and we we try to just screw around. And we, it's been a lot of football because it's been the end of the football season. But uh, it's it's fun when we get a good guest on like that. We had Mike Morris, and we had uh, we have, I think, coming up, we have, like, Jim Peterson of the Wolves and Cole Aldrich of the Wolves. Nice. So, You've already done those? You've already uh, recorded there, them? No, we're oh. going to record them oh, okay. coming up. So, it's uh, yeah, it's been really fun, dude. I really like it. What are you so okay? You just mentioned Jim Peterson, so mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, realistically, like football seasons. Although people say you know never ends, it doesn't end. I you suppose. can like, I mean, I just I like the format of just being able to take kind of the most because we only do it once a week, maybe twice a week. Yeah. So when you're doing that, you can literally address five giant sports stories make jokes, have fun, talk about it, almost be through with an episode. I mean, when, if, if it were a daily show, it would be a little bit more of a grind to go and find stuff. Yeah. But we've also, Brian and I have already planned out segments and stuff where, dude, the amount of lists out there about sports, like who are the greatest and all this stuff. And then Brian's a movie critic. And so right. I had this idea for a bit where each episode we're going to spend five to ten minutes breaking down a sports movie. Mm-hmm. That'll be super easy and super fun and funny. So. Yeah. So it should be good. Didn't I? Did I hear you quote Cool Runnings? Yeah, <laughs> pretty constantly. That's like my favorite movie of all time. I love Is it. Is that man. a sports movie? Yeah, Cool Runnings. It's, they won a gold medal, or they didn't win a gold medal, but they tried to win a gold medal. They would have won if their sled would have kept it together. It's not fair. No, it isn't fair. It's not fair. Did you? Uh, let's talk a little sports here. Um, did you see the video where the cab driver had John Elway in the back seat the other no. day? No, you haven't seen this. No. Oh, I've been ne- hiding under a rock. Oh, the last dude, few days. you need to see this. It was uh, Elway was in town. Well, not this town. He was in a certain city for a certain inauguration last week. Well, that's a bummer. Yeah, I know. Then I started learning all these things about my favorite quarterback of all time. I never knew and didn't know if I want to know. But that's a whole other topic. Yeah. Fact is, he's in a, He's with like some woman. I don't know who they are. He's with a woman and another guy. And one of them starts filming because the cab driver is going, "Oh yeah, my, I'll tell you what, my my favorite quarterback of all time, John Elway," and just saying all these good stuff, all these great things about him. And they're like, "Would you recognize him if he's in your cab?" Oh, of course I recognize him if he's in the cab. And then they go, and it's like, really? Well, turn around. And, like, he's been sitting there for the last, you know, ten minutes. He's like, well, what, John Elway? Oh, you got to – it's fantastic. That's amazing. And and he could have been a total dick, but, uh, you know, just by coincidence, he was talking up. My favorite of all time. Tom Brady, probably number two. See, I kind of want to stop learning about people's personal lives and preferences because I don't follow people for that. Like, uh, so Mary Tyler Moore died yesterday, and when I grew up, we weren't allowed to watch anything on TV, like no MTV, none of this. My dad said a lot of TV was garbage. So the main thing we were allowed to watch as kids at nighttime was Nick at Night. That was it. Yeah. So it was a lot of Green Acres, Dick Van Dyke, Mary Tyler Moore, Get Smart. I was obsessed with that stuff. And so I love Mary Tyler Moore. And, and then the show being based here, I was obsessed with it. Of course. Yeah. And, 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 you know, she got so much credit for being, I, I would say she was probably the first... Like, 
somebody's going to email me like, no, you're wrong. But was there a woman on TV who was a single career-driven woman? Oh, no. And it no, was 1970, right. I mean. Right. And, and so she's given – and so I was thinking about it yesterday. And so then I was reading about her. And then I wound up on her Wikipedia page. And then you find out later in her life she became pretty conservative and, like, would appear – like, loved Bill O'Reilly and like was yeah, and was like quoted as saying that a woman's place is in raising children and in the home and you go it's like that just like the Elway inauguration thing where you're like if you don't agree with those views you're like why do i know that now yeah, i don't yeah. want to know that uh-huh fun fact one of the reasons I was incredibly attracted to my fiance the first time I saw her is she looks a lot like Mary Tyler Moore. Oh. Yeah. People forget because Mary Tyler Moore and the Mary Tyler Moore show, I know everybody knows she was a beautiful woman, smart woman, you know, impressively talented woman. But when she was r- real young as an actress, like on the Dick Van Dyke show, she was a fucking smoke show. <laughs> like she was a 10. Yeah. Yeah. She was a, a very beautiful lady. MTM, Mary Tyler Moore. Mary Tyler Moore. That she formed that company with her second husband. The MTM? Yep. Is that right? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Look at you, little... I love old television. It's a thing I love a lot. We used to go out on the boat. I remember being a kid. We would go out on the boat fishing, and my dad and I would sing old classic TV theme songs, and uh, we would always do Green Acres, and I would have to play the Zsa Zsa Gabor part because I was a I was a child with a high voice. Because <laughs> you remember the theme song? I was like, no, New York is where I'd rather yeah. stay. New yeah. York is where oh, yeah. yeah, that's how we passed time. <laughs> Mr. Ed was so good. Yeah, there was a lot of great stuff. I remember always uh, being able to, once you make the connection of Don Adams doing the voice, like being the actor in Get Smart, and yeah. then his voice in cartoons was like, yeah. that's the same yeah, it's the same guy. Inspector Gadget. Yeah. Well, no, he did. Um, did he do Inspector Gadget? He did like uh, there was a Tennessee Tuxedo. Yeah. Remember that cartoon? Uh huh. Yeah, Don Adams. You don't remember? I do. I just didn't know that that was him. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't piece that together. Mm-hmm. I don't. I'm trying to st- beat you with your. I don't have any Mary Tyler Moore facts. Mm. Married three times. Married three I times. only know that because I saw it on the Wikipedia page. Yesterday. How about the house? You can. I think you can still go by that house that they yeah. filmed the. The thing, the outside. There's a great theme song too. That's the biggest. That's the biggest bummer. I it, I hate that TV shows don't place an importance on theme songs. Like even even like The Office. The Office's theme song or or Park and Rec. Like when you hear them, you feel good. Yeah. And and so I I love I, agree. I love when there's great. I the last TV show to have a really great theme song. And it's sneaky, in my opinion. One of the great all-time theme songs is the TV show Psych. Have you ever oh, heard? Have you ever heard? No, uh, I know that show. I don't know the. I never really um, watched. I it. I know. You know that I'm not telling the truth. I can't <laughs> sing. I'll pull it up on here. Um, keep talking. Uh, I will say that there'll be times where uh, our in my house, the usually fall asleep with the TV on. Yeah, yeah, me too, not, all yeah, the time. Okay. So. And I like to have something on that I'm not really going to pay attention to, right? You know, like yep. something that I may be familiar with. The other night we did my all-time favorite. And the theme music just puts me in a good mood and brings me back cheers. Oh, it's it's the greatest either one of all ver- time. Either version of the no, song. No, it's the greatest. The, the, the later version is the better one but uh, when it was shortened. But either version of that song is the greatest TV theme song of all time. Or sneaky, maybe Family Matters. (laughs) 
Oh, this is going to be the full song. The, the, fun thing, the fun thing about this show is the guy who created the show uh, is um, the guy who sang his band, the Friendly Indians, sings the theme song to the TV show. Oh, okay. He's the guy who he wrote, uh, he wrote Big Daddy. The Sandler movie? Yep. Yeah. Which oh, is okay. a, a great movie. People will argue that with me. Um, but it is a great movie. Uh, Man, you got to get on Psych. It's a it's like a great television show. It's it's over now, but yeah. The be- best scene from Big Daddy is when and I went through this like I think it was either maybe babysitting somebody's kid or was it even my own? But the uh, when he doesn't take the kid's underwear off in the bathtub, I don't know what the rules are about yeah, yeah, this, which is incredibly <laughs> accurate. Yeah, his name so is accurate. Steve Franks wrote that movie, and then he created Psych, and I got to meet him. Um, cause I did, and that's my, like my nephews and it's actually one of Chad Daniels favorite TV shows of all time. Oh really? And Tommy Jonigan loves it. And Mike Cronin, there's a lot of people who really love it. Psych. It's silly. It's, it's, it's like moonlight. It's a, it's an hour long show about a fake psychic detective solving crimes for a police department because he's got a photographic memory. Oh, okay. But it's this, the dude, James Roday is just this incredible actor and, and it's got Dulé Hill. Yeah. And they're they're incredible in it together. And so when I was out in L.A., I got to audition for this, like, independent pilot. And I walk into the, the, the room where they're auditioning me. There's all this psych shit in there. I've come to find out it's this guy named Mel Damsky who was the shit, like, an EP and a director on the show. And so I ended up doing that independent pilot, and he took me to meet Steve Franks. He had James Roday on the pilot. So it was like the greatest fucking week of my life. Oh, very know? cool. And, and that guy's been about the nicest man to me in the world. But, yeah, that was like – it's like when you're a kid and you're obsessed with a team and then you grow up and get to meet one of the players, yeah. and they're not a piece of shit. Right, right. They're pretty good deal. <laughs> well, that's the key. Yeah. <laughs> I once uh, – this just popped into my head. We used to go out uh, in like 7th and 8th grade. My friend, we'd go with his dad to go – we were this kids. We'd go outside the Metrodome mm-hmm. to wait for the players pull up in their cars to get their autographs yeah. before they went to practice before yeah, the games. Yeah, and this is like late 80s, so this is, you know, like – World Series 87 team, Frank oh, Viola, wow. Burt Blylevin. Oh, wow. Yeah, I once stepped on Jeff Reardon's shoe too many times, and he stopped signing autographs for all the kids. <laughs> Somebody steps on my foot one more time, I'm done. And it was a half a second later, I exit. It wasn't on purpose, but boom, stepped Dude, on his foot. what a dick. Yeah. What a dick. I know. <laughs> Jeff Reardon, didn't he have a big, stupid beard? He had a very big beard. He was the closer, right? Yeah. The Terminator, I think they called him, if I remember that correctly. Stupid beard, stupid nickname. <laughs> uh, oh, I wonder, I was listening. I was actually just telling you this before we started uh, recording. I was listening to our buddy Chad Daniels. He was doing an uh, interview on Sirius Radio. They were broadcasting yesterday, the Bennington thing. And one of the things that I didn't know about him that he was talking about is that because he lives you know, in the middle of nowhere in Fergus mm-hmm. Falls... He doesn't really go out and do like open mics or mm-hmm. you know shit like that. So he was saying how he has it planned out now. The middle of his set, he sets aside you know ten fifteen minutes where he'll sneak in all the new stuff. Yeah, yeah. Do you? Yeah, that's well, like almost exactly what I do. It's yeah. almost exactly what you yeah, do. Yeah, I mean, and I think and it's always harder here because when you're here this year because of the back stuff, I have less new stuff. So I I only have about twenty to 
25 new minutes for okay. this crowd, okay. which is still a fair amount. But normally I try to bring 30 minutes here, and I think that's why people keep coming back and get enthused to see you. Yeah. But, yeah, when you're on the road at a new club, I've always – I thought if you're not doing – if it's not your very first time at a club and you're trying to impress them, and if you're not doing 15 minutes of new stuff in the middle of your set and trying to work on it, what the hell is the point of what you're doing? You yeah. know, People are going to love you at the beginning, and they're going to remember you at the end – Put the fun new stuff in the middle and try to get it good. Okay. Yeah, he li- You know, he lives in Fergus, and I'm living in Alec, so he's about an hour north of me up there in the boonies. He's like even further away. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's where you're staying now. Yeah, that's where I'm. That's my home. Yeah. yeah. I grew up in Worthington, Minnesota, but my parents were teachers, so in the summertime they ran a resort in northern Minnesota, and so now that's where they live. That's where my best friend lives. That's where everyone is. So that's where when I'm not in LA or here that's where I am oh, okay. that's where I consider home you still have a bedroom there I do have a bedroom there I've got multiple bedrooms there <laughs> got any posters up on the wall I just have the one bedroom um no posters no, no posters I'm not allowed to hang posters it's in too new of a house <laughs> okay okay fair enough um this is gonna be I want to go back talk to about something with sports here mm-hmm. instant replay I heard you on your show on your podcast, talk to Ben Lieber about different rules about instant replay, like with uh, pass interference and crap like that. Yeah. Here's what I, I'm going to set this up and tell you exactly how I feel about uh, instant replay. I think, and I think there's too much. I think, and maybe it's because my attention span has gotten shorter, but all the breaks in games, and especially baseball, which is already the slowest game, and now they're pushing but you're, instant you, replays, you, it drives me insane. I need to cut you off because you've been fed that narrative. Like, I'm not saying you're wrong. Okay, no, go on. But here's my thesis with that. You, that's what professional sports organizations want you to believe, in my opinion. That's what the NFL wants. They want you to believe that more instant replay means a less enjoyable viewing experience. And it's complete bullshit. <laughs> what it means is, if you want better refing, it means a great cost to the owners and the organizations. It means you cannot fucking tell me that the NFL cannot have a faster... Dude, every single fucking game, here's what you do. You have your refs on the field. You have two refs in a high-tech instant replay booth. Every single stadium in the entire NFL gets installed a high-tech instant replay booth. Every single game has two full-time paid refs who sit in there. Every single game has a guy that they communicate with on the sideline. So the moment there's a replay, the guy on the field hits the button. They replay it in the booth. They tell it to the guy on the baseline. He tells it to the thing. It'd be over in 30 fucking seconds. Okay. Then you don't have to have a coach throw a fucking flag, go over and talk to the coach, then go to the booth, then look at it, then talk amongst yourself. Then It's just bullshit. They just don't want to spend the amount of money that it costs. You could do instant replay and and the other one that you've been told is if you get rid of the human element then are you getting rid of part of sports fuck you <laughs> that's bullshit it's like saying that's like saying we should not have as nice a helmets in the future because it's changing like evolution deserves evolution okay I'm with you on the helmets. Uh, the uh, equipment, if there's way, yeah. Technology should definitely. I'm just saying, I'm saying if your problem is that it makes the game take too long, there's a solution to that. You can't tell me that billionaires with endless resources for the most popular sport in the world can't have a more efficient, fast replay system. Okay. Well, I then, think that's a lot. Then let's, 
then let's. But they won't do, do it do because that. they already have such bad refereeing. The refs aren't even full time. That's not their full time job. Right. Most of them are lawyers. That's I mean, it is their full time job, but they're not hired full time. Right. It's fucking insane. It's amazing. Here's the th- here's the here's the uh, if you go like before our time, there was a history of the NFL and plays happened and history was made and we don't need like yeah but you're forgetting if you had to go back and watch that you'd probably slit your wrists like <laughs> that would have been like bop 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 here goes jim 2 yards he fell over he's sure. white like okay. you don't want to go back <laughs> you don't want to go back and watch what that what i'm saying is football. the good old days when only quarterbacks were only white yeah, no yeah. uh no what i'm saying is like uh the to see a replay when it's over and it, it, like what your argument is is if there was a better system, I'm all for that. But the one they use now, where we have to sit there back and forth and see like whether this guy's shoe, the side of his shoe, went over this little millimeter of yeah. the fucking sideline. But, but, but you're also missing the more important piece of the conversation. They need to do it more efficiently because there's nothing more infuriating. People care about sports, and we can argue if that's stupid or not. I tend to think that any escape, whether it's sports, art, you. Uh, any travel, whatever your escape is, I think it's valuable. Sure. So people pour a lot of time and energy into sports because it's an escape from their real world, and they enjoy it, and they love it. So to take somebody who does that, who spends hundreds of dollars a year on television, hundreds of dollars on jerseys, maybe a couple hundred dollars on tickets, and devotes a part of their week listening to the radio station, being a consumer, to do all that stuff, and then let their team lose because the refs fuck it up, that sucks. Yeah. And that's insulting to your fan base, and that's my problem. Get it fucking right. Do it faster. Do it better. Quit making my team lose because your ref called a bullshit roughing the passer call under two minutes left in the game. Yeah. Like, I'm fine. Ben made a great point. If you want to really increase instant replays under four minutes left in both halves, I think that's a great idea because you just – you can't – like that Packer game, right? Packer-Dallas game. When Aaron Rodgers threw that ball and they called that bullshit pass interference that was down by the goal line mm-hmm. there, under two minutes left in the game. They need to be able to review that. That is why the Packers won. Like, I mean, I know there were more kicks after that. Right. But if you don't get down there, that whole sequence of events doesn't take place. You can't and, – and then there's that the other thing that the NFL wants you to, to, to believe – and that coaches push forward is like, well, we didn't lose because of that. And you're right. You lost because of a lot of other stuff. But you also did lose because of that. Mm-hmm. That's fucking bullshit. Yeah. Like, you lost because of that. You could have won because of some other things. Yeah. But you specifically lost because of that mistake. Uh, uh, yeah, blah, blah. <laughs> I'm getting too talky. Well, we won't get into the about baseball, but it, it drives me nuts about how much it's slowing. It slows that. Well, it's because baseball's already the, the. Your problem shouldn't be with instant replay. Your problem should be with the fact that baseball's the slowest, most boring game yeah. in history. Uh, baseball. The Twins were my favorite team as a kid. Um, I mean the Vikings too. But dude, I, you couldn't pay me to watch. It's fucking almost four hours long. Yeah. Baseball needs to be two and a half hours long. I'm all for that. If it's two and a half hours long, and because here's by the way. All these other sports are fast, interesting sports. Baseball is like watching a cricket nap. It's like <laughs> it's it's so dull. And the pitch, and the hit, and the like. It's just dull. What's your hockey knowledge? Do you know much about hockey? I don't know enough about hockey. 
unfortunately. I'm trying to, like, I've always been a fan, but I grew up playing basketball. Yeah. So I watch, I watch, you know, hockey the way a hockey player watches basketball. Like, they can probably, like, they can probably like it and enjoy <laughs> it and be a fan. But with basketball, baseball, and football, I have enough of a base knowledge that I can understand the game. And with hockey, excuse me, with hockey, like, I get it. I get the rules. I'm not an idiot, but I just don't have the experience in it to kind of watch it analytically enough that it's even more interesting mm-hmm. to me. Uh, that and, like, I don't know, the scoring thing is hard for me. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, that's I like that's the thing with basketball. I like a lot of points, you know. Yeah, yeah, uh, they are going I mean, to. That's the problem. When the scoring is lower, you have to focus on, and like you have to be excited about this thing that happened over here and this thing over here because you don't get to be excited about the scoring. So that's why it's a Very little true. more difficult to watch. But I love it. I've been watching the Wild. My brother is a huge hockey fan. Okay. So I'm I'm super enthused about where it's at. Yeah. Right on. Place and all. Can I? Uh, we, we'll, we'll get wrap this up pretty soon here, pretty quick, uh, so you can relieve your back there. And thank you. Um, thank you, thank you. Yes. Can I ask you, and maybe I should have cleared this with you before we started. Great. Yeah. Do you do you find me a tr- no? Uh, <laughs> the Saturday Night Live writer, Saturday Night Live writer, yeah, gets suspended indefinitely from her job. Mm-hmm. Do you have an opinion on that? My opinion. Uh, uh, suspended because she tweeted about uh, the president's son. My opinion is how impressively we as a community lack consistency. Okay. I think it's interesting to see what's happened since Trump became president, where a lot of the things that liberals used to be saying, now conservatives are saying, and a lot of the things that conservatives used to say, now liberals are saying. And I find very little consistency in that and that's the frustrating thing for me i i think if sean if a writer of sean hannity's would have made that joke about sasha or malia obama do we think that the liberals who are upset with this girl or excuse me the liberals that are upset with people being upset I, like would the liberals been defending the writer for Sean Hannity mm-hmm. like they are defending defending her and reversely would the conservatives be uh defending Hannity's writer just like they're now they're attacking this I, I just mismatched that a little bit but you caught me off mm-hmm. guard with the question sorry um but so I, I think it's an alarming lack of consistency uh, and I think it speaks to this divisiveness and certitude in which our our society is living nowadays. I my opinion has always been we are a country of free speech, but that doesn't mean free of consequence. Okay. She is not in jail. She is not in physical danger. She lost her job. Jobs are not freedom of speech. You don't, and I think as comics, we sometimes per, we forget that. Like my brother-in-law can't walk into his job and be like, "Hey, Blue Cross, suck on my fucking dick," <laughs> and just be like, "Free speech, man! Right. It's free speech." Right. So my thing has always been, I support everyone's free speech, but you don't get to like everybody was mad at Paula Dean, and some people were like, "It's free speech," and a lot of liberals were like, "It's hate speech," which is an actual crime. Right. But you're like, you have to be consistent. 
and 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 we are walking into this era of concerning inconsistency. Uh, I mean, I didn't. I thought the joke was not a difficult joke, and I personally, I don't like making fun of people's kids. Like, I I just if you do it and it's funny, I might laugh at it. But you know, it's kind of mm-hmm. just. But there's yeah. I just I, I think I would land on you would hope people are consistent. Like we had kind of an issue here in town. Uh, the host this week, Mike Early, made a joke that everybody freaked out about. Oh yeah! And so That's it was right. interesting. A lot of those people who were upset with Mike Early are now defending her, Kate. So to me, that reeks of bullshit. Mm-hmm. It just means you took your agenda and you carved it however you want it for the situation. And I'm a liberal guy. I'm not a Trump supporter, and I'm sure that might upset people who are listening. I've tried not to mention. I mentioned on my podcast, I mentioned that we, I've, I told everybody, I was like, please, no politics. Not, not only because I don't want to have to have the audience deal with that, but I'm so, I get it everywhere else. I have the discussions. I'm so tired of it. Mm-hmm. We had Paul Charchian on, and a Trump thing came up, and the Meryl Streep thing came up. And I, I thought Meryl Streep took shots at, like, football and martial arts for no reason, even though I supported the rest of what she said. Mm-hmm. And I made the mistake of mentioning that. And consistently, for the next three episodes, we had 100 less viewers or oh. listeners. Consistently. Uh-oh. People are so sens- sensitive yeah. and so certain of their side and so angry and so aggressive that it's just... But anyway, yeah, so I'm, I don't know, consistency would be my answer to that question, even as uh, someone who considers himself quite liberal. Sure. Yeah. Good answer. Maybe. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry I caught you off guard. No, that's okay. I've been thinking about it a lot. I just wanted to make sure, that's why I stumbled, that what I said I wouldn't, because people sometimes, everybody's so eager to sound smart. They are. That's what our society is filled with, people who are eager to sound smart, which is why everybody starts saying stuff before they g- they've gathered enough information. Uh, yeah. That's uh-huh. the, this place we're living in. And that's what social media is. The, the gratitude of social media has pushed that along because if you say something that other people think is smart, you get all this attention in the form of likes and shares yeah. and, and retweets and, and, and favorites and things like that. And yep. so I think that's driven this culture of people – not only not looking into things deeper than they should, but just just wanting to be viewed as smart. They just thrust their shit out there and commit to it, and it's. I think it's poison. I rarely like put anything on social media that's could anybody could uh, take as remotely like you know controversial or it's yeah. going to offend somebody. Like that's you know not my thing. Uh, on Sunday, when the Packers, my least favorite NFL team, mm-hmm. are getting their ass, asses kicked, I tweeted, this is why Wisconsin has Sunday beer sales. Yeah. Which I thought was probably kind of funny. Yeah. A lot of people liked that. A lot but of people course, didn't, I But suppose. of course, on Facebook, where people can write, are more eager to, in my case, to write back Return. comments. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There were... There were some uh, attacks back well, I'll tell you, towards me and towards the Vikings. My brother Greg and I talk about this a lot, and I think it's something our society has to figure out. Historically, the dumbest people are the loudest. Mm-hmm. And if you were in a bar, you would notice that, and you'd go, oh, Travis is just a fucking idiot. <laughs> but because it's on social media, you can't see him. So all these loud people 
we're taking them way too seriously. And I don't think they represent society. I don't think they represent the normals of either party, religion, anything like that. So I'm just kind of waiting until we figure that out as a group. Like, oh, this is just like fucking idiots that you're sick of listening to talk mm-hmm. at a bar. Yeah. And I, I think I think we'll get to that point. At least that's what I'm trying to hope (laughs) i think so too but you just we have to at some point i don't know i would say the other thing i'll say is like i don't know how we're devolving to this but i the last point i'll make about all that stuff is i just we're entering this world this new normal that scares me a bit uh and the the probably the most concerning thing about it is this the 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 fake like donald trump as much as you hate him, he ran on a pretty bulletproof plan. And that's as if you say everything's a lie, at a certain point, nothing, anything anybody says matters. Because he's said it long enough that no matter what you say, he's just going to go, it's a lie. He's like Teflon now. And I think that's gross for him, but he's been successful doing it. So I'm worried at what point do major corporations, other political leaders, community leaders start going, well, that's just not fucking true. That's just a lie that somebody else pushed along. And that that is the sort of thing that destabilizes a society. And and I we're sitting on this. And to bring it back to that Kate thing, Kate Rich, right? Yep. Um, it's like we're sitting on this powder keg and all this stuff. Like you have you have the dumbest people are the loudest and everybody's buying into it. And then there's this divisiveness and this certitude and this unwillingness to learn. And then you wrap into that this new era of nothing's believable. I don't have to believe anybody. Even NPR is lying. And that's the bad news show. Scanamp. <laughs> we we I give we'll, give me thirty seconds. We'll we'll do a good little ending here. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. Um. Good luck the rest of the week here, Cy. Thank you. I'm going to say that. And uh, are you after the shows? Will you be like in a wheelchair and people can pat you on uh, the come on on the I'm knee? Fine. I or... might be a little skinnier than normal, <laughs> but I'm I am fine. Uh, no, of, of course you are. Are you selling like any your old like your old no, CD just, or anything? No, or? I'm just pushing the the podcast this P- week. Pushing the know? podcast. Yeah, that's a lot. Of, that's an easier thing than hauling shirts or CDs around. So, and the place people can find that's on iTunes. iTunes, the Cy Amundsen Show. Yep. Pretty simply named because I'm an egomaniac. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Thanks, buddy. Hey, thank you for having me do it and erase that last part. <laughs> Bye.